You're listening to Glitch Please number 88. If you hear something you would like to see from this episode, visit first.roosterteeth.com. Hey there, welcome to Glitch Please, the show where we talk all about video games for one more episode at least. This one. So welcome, I'm your host, Brian. I'm Ben. I'm Adam. Hi. I am called Nick. Wow. That's good a good job. way to introduce yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, there is a lot to talk about. Uh, we're going to uh, get into Kingdom Hearts 3. We're going to get into Resident Evil 2. But before we do that, boys, what's everybody playing that's not Kingdom Hearts 3 or Resident Evil 2? Oh, Resident Evil 2. I can contribute to that. All right. Yeah. Nick, uh, we, we put this in for Nick because he's only playing Brian. It's a whole new day. It's a whole new reason to play Smash Brothers because there's oh, yeah. Patch 2.0, baby. Piranha Plant is in the game. I was reading. What does patch, he do? Yeah. What's his? Is he broken? What's his? Is what's, he his good? Be, what's his Smash moves? His Smash moves. Okay. He's he's a really weird character. See, so he uh, he can fly. He can run surprisingly fast for a potted plant, and uh, he has this one move that it's his down B. You can hold it down. And you can angle it, and then he just launches his head like across the entire stage and back again. It's a really fast. He launches like his. Yeah, his, he just stretches oh, out. Wow. He does does he shoot a thing. fireball? Not really. Like there's. That's like the one thing he actually. He goes up and down well, and shoots a fireball. There, there's one attack that uses fire. It's his back air attack. He like coughs up a little bit of fire. It's it's short range, but he's got to be vulnerable. There. So is he like fast? Is he? Yeah, I can't he's, imagine he's tanky. He's, he's pretty fast. Um, I I only messed around with him a little bit in training mode last night because uh, it was late and I wanted to get to sleep. And uh, this character is so strange, but a lot of fun. He's, you know how characters have like spike attacks. That like you just send you straight down really yes. fast. His comes out so quick. Okay. Hmm. Like I think it's the fastest spike move in the whole game. Um, what have you had your save file corrupted? Because people said uh, there've been reports not. that if you play him in All Star mode, it'll. Uh, somebody said they lost 120 hours. Brutal, oh, yeah. dude. So. If that guy has Nintendo Switch Online, uh -huh. then he can fall back on his cloud save okay. so that when Nintendo screws something up like this, yes. you have a, a, a yeah. backup. But you have to give Nintendo more money for them to love you that much. I imagine someone playing this game for 120 hours probably has Nintendo Switch Online. Probably. Probably. Yeah, you would imagine. Um, what, so they also there's also a ton of updates, right? What yeah. are the big, I, and I know by, when we're recording this, it's pretty early, but what I heard Luigi got nerfed. What are, what are the heck? Yeah, there, there's a huge list of patch notes, yeah. right? Yeah, which, yeah. Which, finally. Which is awesome. Yeah. That Nintendo finally right. did it. And, but like they, they went in uh, pretty much all the detail you could ask for yeah. outside of like the very specific, like how many frames they shaved right. off of whatever. Right. Um, I Most of the changes were just like little fixes or... Um, uh, making moves a little bit safer if you throw it out and go, okay, so there's a term called landing lag. I don't know how technical this is going to be for you guys, but like if you do a move in the air and then you land on the ground, okay. there's, you have to wait a certain amount of time, like X amount of frames before you can do something again. So basically you're vulnerable if you land while you're doing an aerial attack. They did a lot, they shaved off a lot of that time or some of that time for a lot of attacks. Okay. That was kind of one of the running themes. Um, they nerfed K-Rule. 
They, oh, he was so much fun. Yeah, I don't think he needed to be nerfed, but yeah, he was. What did they nerf about him? They nerfed uh, nothing to do with his armor. Um, Which is what I heard was like the broken part of that's, him. That's the, the part that most people complain about. They, they seem to have made his recovery a little bit less good. Um, something about, I, I think it was they made it not go as far. Because like one of the things about oh. K-Roll is he was a really heavy character who hits hard. And it's like impossible to to kill him unless you just knock him out outright. Because mm -hmm. you know, yeah, you knock fun. him off the stage. He's got this little propeller thing that just takes him back from like basically wherever. If I'm understanding the patch notes correctly, they made it so that his up B doesn't go as far. That's a shame. Which eh, it is it, what it is. It's always fun to play overpowered characters. <laughs> yeah, but, I'm playing single player, so it doesn't really matter to me. That's what I. That's I just want to play overpowered characters. Mm -hmm. I just like that Kingdom Hearts sense. 3 and Resident Evil 2 came out this week, and Sakurai was like, "What? What do we do? What do we do? Release the plant. Go, come out now." It's. I, I am exactly that distracted boyfriend meme. Where like, <laughs> I'm. I maybe I was considering looking at. Yeah, yeah, looking at a Resident Evil 2 or Cage 3, but this Piranha Plant comes out though. That's got my attention. What, uh, this was a little bit earlier than expected, right? Uh, for some reason, a little bit. It's going to come out like February first. Well, like that. yeah, that's what a lot of people were expecting. Is that the plant was going to come out like mid February or so? Has the has the Smash meta settled down any? Are there is are there like uh, top tier fighters now? Yeah. Well, there. It's it's early on enough yeah. that. As soon as somebody's like, as people are like, oh, this character looks really good, like yeah. Inkling and Young Link, even were at the very beginning, like the the clear top contenders. Um, but as things have settled a little bit, you know, they're, maybe they're there's they're still good, but they're like down here. But now like Peach is up here, Peach okay. and Daisy of all characters. Okay. Um, so it's it's always changing just based on what people discover. And then people, yeah. The and then if like if one person gets popular, one character, then I'm sure everyone else sort of figures out counters. And then yeah, exactly. And then to get a patch like this, that just disrupts everything. Yep. Yep. So uh, it it wasn't like the most extensive balance patch you could imagine, but um, it's it's enough that it's definitely gonna upset some of that. All right. Uh, ben, what are you playing? Yeah, so I'm still trying to do my whole 52 games, play 52 new games in 52 weeks thing. Okay. And with Kingdom Hearts 3 and Resident Evil 2 coming out this week, I needed something a little like small and bite-sized to get through. Uh, so I looked through Xbox Game Pass and found a game called The Gardens Between. Yeah. Uh, it came out, I think, at the end of last year. It came out a while ago, but uh, it's a just kind of nice bite-sized puzzler. Uh, it plays, it, it stars like two uh, characters, a boy and a girl, that are kind of like going through this island set up and each island has uh, these different puzzles that involve time. So as you move forward in the island, uh, like the island moves, things fall, mm -hmm. you'll find small little uh, interactive objects that you can like activate and then the, you can like change parts of time on the island that m maneuver like things that have uh, shifted the island and you have to kind of go through that to figure out how to get to the end. So is it like a platformer? Is it top down? What's the... Uh, it's a three-dimensional game where it just starts on, it's not a platformer, it's just, it's like Braid, right? Where right. you move to the left and the right, but without any of the platforming elements. Okay. Uh, so as you move to the right, time moves forward. Uh, as you move left, time moves backwards, and you can interact with objects that aren't a part of that time continuum, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, you have this lantern that you have to uh, light up and get to the end of the island and then place it on this beacon that pushes you forward to the next island. How did you play all the way through it? Yeah, it's a really short game. It's only two hours long. 
Uh, two, two and a half I hours. like short games now. I, I'm I'm very pro games like under 10 hours. It's a nice, like I just sat down on a yeah. Thursday and, yeah, yeah. and played through it all the way. It's a really nice game for someone that like maybe doesn't game a lot as well. My yep. girlfriend actually played through all of it before I even got a chance to sit down and play it and was the one that recommended it to me. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's just a nice, chill, relaxing experience. Spent the afternoon just kind of sitting there and it, it hooked me enough to want to keep playing through all the way to the end until it was over. And even when it was That's over, good. wanted some more puzzles to, to jump through. So there's cool. some cool things with like cool. some uh, you know interactions that you can do on each of the islands to keep it fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a fun bite-sized game. How, nice. how much does it go for normally? Uh, it's twenty dollars right now, I believe, on Steam, Switch, Mac, like basically every platform out there. Do you feel like it's a twenty-dollar game? That I don't know. Okay. It's pre- like I said, it's pretty short. Yeah. So I don't know if I'd want to drop twenty dollars on right. it. But if you drop ten dollars on Game Pass and like you can finish it in that span of time. Gotcha, yeah. It's kind of more worth it to go It sounds the, like that's kind of the route. way to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you mentioned you wanted more puzzles. Is it the kind of game that you would go back and play through what is there again? Or do you just see yourself being like, eh, I'm good for a one and done? There's not a lot of replayability. There's a small story that, like, in between when you finish an island, uh, like, this constellation appears that tells you a little bit about their life uh, because it opens up on them in a treehouse where time just freezes and then all of a sudden you're on these different islands that you're having to, having to figure out these different puzzles on. So it's fun, but once you've finished the puzzles, there's not a lot to go back and do again. There's not like collectibles or whatever. Not really. Yeah. You can go back and get the achievements in the game and there's some yeah. uh, like hidden things, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's not like I need to go back and figure out how to get to this collectible. That's that's how I felt about Braid, coincidentally. like I loved it. I, I wanted to beat it and figure everything out, and then once I was done, I, I never want to play Braid again. It's Braid in that it has a time mechanic with yeah. it, and you are on these levels you're moving back and forth between, yeah. but it doesn't have any of the platforming right. Braid. So it's really nice for someone that doesn't have like the, the motor skills, you know, that wants to figure out, like, okay, I need to jump on this guy, then freeze time, then go back and figure out how, how this works with the time yeah. puzzle here. Yeah. Execution puzzles are tough. Those are, like, I love puzzle games to death, but when it comes to execution puzzles, those are the ones I always struggle with, and sometimes those are where I put the game down. Yeah, I like I like really hard-as-nails platformers, so I love those kind of games, but it's really hard if I want to try to sit down with someone and play the game that cannot do any of right. that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fun just kind of sit down with a friend and work through. Adam, you got anything besides... I, I played a little bit of CrossCode to, like, relax oh, yeah. from Resident Evil. I, I feel the game is a little polarizing for me because I think I talked about this last week, but I really enjoy the dungeon stuff in that game because mm-hmm. it's full of puzzles. There's not a whole lot of combat, but there is combat. Um, but the focus is, like, it's like two to four hours of just puzzles per dungeon, and I love puzzles. Um, but then the overworld is very... It's just kind of like from point A to point B, and there are like in-world puzzles in the overworld where you need to figure out how to get to a place. But then you, you figure it out and you open the chest, and it's like here's five nuts, and it's not there. It's not the overworld's not really a rewarding place yeah. to be, yeah. uh, except for completing quests. Um, so I, I don't know. I kind of the game makes me really want an MMO, um, and, yeah. and I do love the style of this game. I just don't know that I love the overworld. Are you yeah. following the story at all as you play through, or is it kind of just like a the story's fine? It's like you're. For the first, I'm like 10 to 12 hours into it. Really, right now, it's just like you're developing a party and you're like trying to figure out. You still don't know, like, you have like little flashes of memories, but you ha- you haven't really learned anything at the point I'm at yet. So, um, I still think it's a really fun game. I just think that it it strikes a weird balance for me where I don't want to be in the overworld and I only want to be in the dungeons. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. It looks great. I, I, love, yeah. that. I love that style. I'm really excited about most, it. Most of the stuff you're seeing here is dungeon. Is this, uh, it's coming to the Switch, right? But yes. It's like, okay. Uh, I'll probably pick it I up think it's coming Switch. out to Switch uh, middle of the yeah. summer, is yeah, what yeah. I remember from that Nindy Direct they 
stealth mm -hmm. drops a week yeah, ago. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to see. Yeah, I want to see like where it goes and if it gets if it changes it up a bit. Because so far, it's been like the same type of like five or six screens of overworld, and it's, there's just nothing going on there. Yeah. So I hope that changes a little bit. Um, I am. I've gotten back into my Vita for some reason, um, which is weird. But uh, I'm playing through uh, Legend of Heroes: Trails in the Sky. Uh, I think I talked about that last week. Uh, just older school, like early 2000s JRPG. It was originally a PSP game. How popular is that series? Because I saw a lot of people in the comments really excited that you were playing that game. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I don't. I think it has its fans, okay. and uh, and then it has sort of no, a number of offshoots. Uh, and I, I just I'd never gotten into it, so I was like, all right, cool. I wanna I wanna give it a shot, and it's great. I love it. Um, it's a little the combat's uh, it's turn based, but it's also like positional. So you have to like you know get up close. If you're a melee, you got to get up close to attack somebody range. You can step back, um, but it's. Um, it's, you know, if you like JRPGs, you'll like it. And it just reminds me of how great the Vita is and just never, it just never got the support. I mean, it was too expensive. <laughs> dead may never die. Yeah. Uh, it, it, meanwhile, you know, the 3DS, which I also like and has a ton, but like is so graphically inferior to the Vita. Uh, yeah. But like, it's just like, uh, it's, it's night and day, but it has a ton of stuff, you well, know. If we can maybe ever get Persona 5 on the Switch, maybe that'll open something up for more JRPGs to funnel into the Switch. Yeah, have a that's good true. Portable system for that. Are, um, you, are you still playing that Cosmic Star Heroine game? Yes. Um, I, I, I've been, like I considered it. it after you mentioned it. Yeah, it's... Um, it's it's fun. I, I put it down because I was playing I was playing Kingdom Hearts three and Resident Evil, but I'm it's it's sort of something I'm going to come back to. But uh, yeah, it graphically it's got that you know kind of Octopath that sixteen bit style. Um, it's very indie in the sense of you can tell this was the vision of like a small team. Right. And I love that about it. Uh, menu the, the the interface is like a little clunky. Like it's not it's not polished. But um, it's just the combat's fun, um, you know, uh, uh, different kind of power. Yeah, this lady who has guns floating around her and just, like, they can blow things away is, like, fun. Uh, the cutscenes, you know, the story, it's, I don't know, yeah. It I looks like, like it. a weird spin-off to Chrono Trigger to me. Yes, that, mm -hmm. definitely inspired by that. Okay. Hmm. Um, and also, I got uh, a copy of Wargroove for the Switch. How is it? Uh, if you could talk about it, I don't so, know what the stipulations are. I think are. by the time it, this airs, it'll be out, because it's coming out February oh, it comes 1st. Out tomorrow, I think, right? Tomorrow or the... Uh, oh, man, okay, I, I have a game I to play this week. it comes out Sweet. Friday. Um, okay, if you... Did you like Advance Wars? Yes. yes. Then this is for you. It, it, even... even Is, is it music-based? Uh, no. Oh, I just got the, the title made me think Wargroove, like there was music around it. No, there was Maybe, a, but I play with the sound off. They so showed Wargroove in that Nindy selection, and then there was some other rhythm based game. Metal, that, that, super cool. That's, yeah. that's one that like. That must really be what I confused that yeah. with. And that then. came yeah. right after Wargroove. So this is this is Advance Wars? This is like, this is literally fantasy, Advance Wars, but fantasy. Fantasy Advance Wars. It's so published by it's, Chucklefish, I believe. The Chuck, and Chucklefish uh, developed it too. Oh, did they really? Yeah. It's goddamn games. Um, it is. So much fun. Um, it looks so good. I'm really yeah. excited for this. Um, it, it's got the the old school pixel art, but I mean, the sprite animations are fantastic. Yeah, definitely takes cues from Advance Wars. I'm I'm only like probably five missions in, but um, you know, uh, uh, I think sort of standard so far fantasy JRPG story. 
Yeah. um, Does it have any kind of like upgrade system, like classes kind of like Fire Emblem has, or is it pretty much just generating troops, sending them out into the world to complete objectives? So I don't know if there's like equipment upgrades. There might be, but but so far it's like capture a barracks, use that to generate more troops. There's fog of war. Uh, There's attack dogs that you can generate. They call them attack pups. Um, And kind of like similar to Fire Emblem, position matters in the sense of if you get like um, your pikemen will always critical hit if they're right by each other. Uh, If if your ranger doesn't move before they fire an arrow, they'll get get a critical hit. So if you like, you know, it's a no-brainer. This this game was on my radar for for a while uh, after I saw kind of what the premise was, and then Mm -hmm. it fell off because I just completely forgot about it with a bunch of other games coming out. And then when they announced that it was coming out in a week and a half, uh, it kind of came back on. I just haven't been keeping track, track of dates. This I'm really excited about. I this I, I downloaded it and start, and fired it up last night and and just immediately like got sucked in. It sounds like a perfect Switch game too. Oh, I totally yeah. everything's a perfect Switch game. That's true. I, I confused much. this with the other game that was shown in that same when they debuted this. I suppose the the rhythm based. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. a totally post-apocalyptic rhythm metal. You, Which also oh, sounds I, like I it could it, be called War Post-apocalyptic, but. I thought it was like fantasy, but I'm, that's fine. Double kick heroes. I no, think? it was. There was. I don't remember. It was something else. It was side scrolling. Oh, okay. Okay. But so does Wargroove let you use like touch screen too when you're in handheld mode? Shoot, I don't know. I played it in handheld, but I didn't use the touch screen. You're not Maybe. using the touch just... screen. You're not listening to the music, Brian. What good are you? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, it was, but yes, it is a ton of fun. So. Oh, no. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, all right. So that is what we're playing. Let's get to the new releases. First up, let's do Resident Evil 2. Yeah. Let's talk about it. That came out first. That yeah. we talk about first. <laughs> that that uh, animation is totally me in the game if you if I missed all my shots. Yeah. <laughs> or they just didn't work in the zombies. Fucking man. There's so much to talk about this game. Let's do it. So I talked about last week how like I wasn't. I hate horror games, yeah. but I was going to force myself to play this one, and I did. I didn't beat it, though. I'm, I'm still playing. <laughs> oh, man. So I have, I, I, I'm forcing myself to beat this game before I play Kingdom Hearts, because I know if I play Kingdom Hearts, I'll just play that forever yeah. and forget about Resident Evil. Yeah. Um, how far are you guys? And we can talk in general terms. There's there's three portions to the game. There's a precinct, there's something else, and there's something else. So we're not going to have, a, like, huge spoilers for this, right? Yeah. I, just wanna... I, I, I will probably talk about first chapter spoilers like the first part of the game because there's there's a mechanic in there that I think is pretty polarizing and I think we should talk about I'm still I don't think this is spoilery I'm still in the police station yep I've got two out of the three medallions okay and I'm looking for the third so that's where I am so you've moved past what the demo allowed you to play uh, a little bit yeah that sounds right yeah yeah cool you how far are you Nick uh, um, I could be at the title screen. Great. If I, if I get the game. <laughs> if I get the game. Um, and you are... I am a little bit... I'm still in the police station. I think I'm about to leave the police station. You... Okay. I see. I think I know where you are. Yeah. I think we're at a, roughly the same point. I'm ready to leave. I, I just haven't. I went through... I, like, I was leaving, like, walking out, and I was like, mm, I'm going to make sure I got everything. Yeah. And I missed one thing. There's, like, a weapon I forgot to go get. But... All of the rooms in the police station are 100% clear, except for uh, the rooms I can't get into with Leon, like the heart rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which I didn't even realize. Apparently, the heart oh, the heart key are, rooms. Yeah, heart key yeah. rooms are, are only something Claire can access. Right. The clover key rooms are something only Leon can access right. in his playthrough. I think my favorite part so far is when he goes outside and it, I played as Leon, and uh, he goes <laughs> and Claire comes. They see her in the on, in the cam the security camera, and she goes running up, and it's a zombie outbreak. Like shit is going horribly wrong. He sees her and he's like, "Hey, what's up? How are you doing?" Like very casually, yeah. like almost flirtatious. Like he's used it, to it. It made me laugh and laugh. So are you playing as Leon currently in yes. the first playthrough? Are you playing as Leon? Playing as Leon? We're all Leon. Yeah, here. baby. I was a Resident Evil 4 fan, so that's my excuse. Yeah, uh, yeah. Leon, and I wish they, his cool jacket was in this game. My roommate is fuzzy. playing through uh, as Claire for his first playthrough, and we've been talking a little bit about how the game is different. He's yeah, a huge... What, what, what changes? Is the story... Well, she, she's... Playing if you, if you, or is when you first abilities? start the game, like, he runs into the police station, she gets trapped outside. Okay. So she's generally not in the police station, except you encounter her one time, sort of near the police station. So there are, there are two playthroughs to the game. There's Leon A and Claire B, and then Claire A and Leon B. Uh, okay. Leon A and Claire A are both kind of the main storylines for those characters on, on how they get through their adventure in Raccoon City. And then when you and you run into the other character through your A playthrough, right. then you go to your B playthrough, and where you that's where you find out what they have been up to while you have been going through the police station. So there are moments where like. Okay, you, while they're off screen. Yeah, yeah, there are moments where like you leave the police station as they are coming into the police station. That's There's cool. some crossover on what their adventures have have been, what they've been doing, and, and some of the information on that they have found out as well. So. I, there's a couple things I want to complain about with this game. Go for it. And I need you to tell me if it was like this in the original. So the one problem I have thus far is enemies are insane bullet sponges. Yes. Yes. And in. So, like, you can shoot a zombie three times in the head, and it'll go down, and then it'll get back up. But it takes shoot, three you times. You shoot it another three yeah. times, and then it'll go down, and then it'll get back up. And that, it, that process repeats itself probably three times, depending on the zombie. Um, and, and it's a game where ammo is intentionally really scarce, so you don't want to you don't want to fight everyone. But there are times where you just have to. And I was trying to be reserved and not fight everyone, but, like, in general, you want to fight a lot of the enemies because... There's a thing that happens later on that makes it really difficult to get around without getting bitten. Um, and then, so, w w with the ammo scarcity, there's also the, it takes too long to kill people. But then, the game self-balances, where if you have a bunch of ammo, enemies will take more hits to kill. Mm. Um, oh, that's really? why. Then it's not bad that I've been going through this game with no ammo whatsoever. I, I, I can't verify that 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 was something i read and i don't know if that's actually true. i believe that though once you said that but if you so, triple tap a zombie like if you shoot it it falls down can you shoot it while it's down yes yeah, but, it, okay. but it just goes uh, they will go uh, get right back uh, and like it takes so many shots to yeah. kill a zombie but occasionally like if you're really low on ammo a zombie will take one hit to kill yes yeah um, and that's Same thing and that and that's sort of like trying to balance it out to make it like less hard but there are still times when i've been like i have three shots left and there are four zombies like so I never played Resident Evil 2, the original. Okay. Uh, but I, I've done. I've been watching a lot of like old gameplay to kind of see the comparisons between two and what this remake is. Uh, knowing that, I love this game. It's so well polished, and the changes they have made because. No, but is the ammo stuff? 
and the shooting stuff. Like, did zombies take three shots to kill? Or, or sorry, six, six to nine shots to kill? Uh, that I don't know, uh, but for, for the old game. Uh, but from what I understand, if one was about being in tight spaces with zombies and figuring out how to maneuver around them, two was about horde control and figuring out how to deal with these hordes of zombies coming after you and when to run and when to fight. Right. And so I think they had to balance that for this remake to figure out, okay, how do we get rid of tank controls? How do we make it so it's a third-person camera uh, that is, like, right. and not there, controlled corridor cameras? And there are definitely... There are definitely things, like, things I ran away from. Because, like, I don't need to fight this right now. And if I come back to this area, I'll deal with it then. And they don't follow you that They much. don't follow you that far. They generally stick to the corridors yep. they're in. Yep. Sometimes they'll come into the room, yep. depending on what kind of door it is. Yep. Um, that game, the, the other problem I have, and this is chapter one spoiler, so if you don't want to listen, maybe skip forward a few minutes. Um, but there's a guy named Mr. X, also known as Tyrant. Just wondering if we're going to get to him. Um, and so he shows up at a point. And, and he changes the dynamic of the game in the precinct completely. So, so basically, it's this giant dude, you can't kill him, and he will infinitely wander around the precinct looking for you. His job is to... Yeah. His job is basically, he's sent, he was sent, created and sent by uh, the Umbrella Corporation to clean up their messes, make sure there are no survivors when they have a, when they have a fuck up. And he, he was doing that. Um, but the problem is, he's not only wandering around and looking for you, um, and you can always hear where he is. If he's close, you'll hear his footsteps. You can hear him opening doors. But if you run or shoot your gun, he will walk towards you. He will know where you are at that point. He will start. He will even know the general direction, and he will start walking towards you. And you don't kill Mister X. You got to run from him. So this whole it's this whole it changes the game from like wandering around corridors, like if, like if maybe efficiently taking out zombies and clearing out rooms to like. I can't fight this zombie or I'm going to have another fucking problem. And he, he comes into your safe space. He comes into the main hall. He can't come in every room, thankfully. Um, but it, it, it definitely makes the game tense, which I know that's what they're going for. But I, I don't like enemies you can't kill and that are kind of like ever-present. Right. It, it sort of made that last part of that chapter real, obviously really hard to play because it's fucking scary. But that's also the reason, like, if I hadn't gone through and killed a majority of the zombies available to me before he got there, I would have had a hell of a time. Yeah. Uh, and I did. I fucking ran into a liquor that I had left alive, and I was like, oh, God, I'm away from Mr. X, and then suddenly, like, a liquor jumped in my back. I'm like, ooh! It's, like, terrifying. I, I think that's the tension the game's going for. I, so I'm the opposite. I love Mr. X. Uh, uh, yeah. I, and I love how they present it in that you go through the entire police station and you unlock everything before, for the most part, everything, before you run into him. So then you know the police station right. and you know how you're supposed to maneuver uh, around. And I, and I won't argue that, like, it... It certainly made the game more interesting. Like, I was, I was comfortable, and then they're like, you're not comfortable anymore. Is there any way to, like, temporarily take him out? No. Even? You can stagger no. him, if you, and, but it takes a lot. And, like, you're going to waste most of your ammo just trying to stagger him to get around him. Yeah. And then you're and, fucked because another zombie yeah. comes. Yeah, the time that he was there, I had, like, no shots for anything for the majority of that period of the game. Um, but the, the thing he does, and, again, this is all, like, Reddit post stuff that people are saying happens... He, if you don't see him for a while, like you are efficient at avoiding him, he will teleport to you. Huh. And, uh. and, and, and my experience with that was, okay, I'm, I'm walking through the library, I'm walking through this room, I don't hear him. I heard him, I heard his footsteps get more quiet and more quiet, like he's walking farther away. I sat in the library for a minute, I'm like, I don't hear him, so he's probably gonna teleport to me. And I was, I was, 
I was on uh, Discord. Listen, shout out to friends like Brian. Brian is my friend who <laughs> loves Resident Evil, loves horror games, and I streamed it to him through Steam, and he sat on Discord with me and talked me through it, and it was there for emotional support, and also if I got <laughs> lost, he was there to help me through it. Fantastic friend. You always want a friend like Brian. But I was like, listen, dude, you know he teleports, right? Like I was reading on the, on the subreddit that he teleports, and he's like, I don't know. Uh, like, you don't hear him, right? He's like, no. I was like, watch this. And I opened the door, and fucking Mr. X was right there, <laughs> and he fucking trapped me and killed me. I was like, see? <laughs> Son of a bitch. And, like, those are the kind of, like, like that and the ammo balancing are the kind of mechanics that are like, all right, we're, we're, I'm going to work within your rules, Resident Evil, but then you kind of just cheat yeah, a little bit yeah. if those things are true. If they're not, then it's all just been bad luck, and that's fine. Um, it, it just kind of feels a little too heavy-handed. I, I would have preferred for the zombies that... Sure, make the ammo scarce as hell, but make zombies take like three hits to kill regularly. I, um, and, 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 you know, don't make my knife fucking take 30% damage if I stab a zombie yeah, with it. Yeah, your knife breaks way too easy. To me, I, I like it, and I, I like the way the police station is laid out. I like the way um, you have to kind of, you know, collect something, go right. back, unlock other things. Also, this is the nicest police station ever. I know it used to be a museum, but, like, you don't have a lot of police stations with marble floors. Right. And, like, beautiful libraries and all. Like, what, what kind of fucking educated police <laughs> force is this? But I liked it. Uh, I, I like the backtracking you have to do. I do like, like you said, it forces you to learn the layout because I get lost very easily in right. all games. So I get lost in this very easily. So I like that very much. I, I feel like the combat has been done better in subsequent games. So like, I kept comparing it to Last of Us, which I thought did it. Better. I was I was comparing it to 4 and the thing I yeah. was trying to do is like, all right, I'm going to shoot the zombie in the leg. It's going to go down and I'll I'll knife it to death. Right. And it that takes like work in this it one. takes like 3 or 4 shots to make him go down and knifing it to death is like that's like 20% of your yeah. of your knife. Mm. You can find and, other and, knives as you go, go throughout the game, but you have to use those strategically to figure out yes. like do I want to take out the yeah, zombie you, down right now or do I want to hold on you, to it? You got to be reserved. There's a mechanic where if a zombie grabs you and you have your knife, you can stab him in the head, and then you have to take that zombie out to get. But your then you back. still have to shoot it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, that all that said, I understand and respect those decisions um, because they. It is an extremely tense game, and yes. I have so much trouble playing it. Yeah. But I think it's a fantastic game for a number of reasons. One, it's like maybe the best looking game I've seen so far in in that style of game in a non open they, world game. They had gone back and were actually studying how to make the world seem wet. I know that sounds really weird. It's raining the, all the time. It's raining all the time. The way the blood shines and drips off of enemies is amazing. They really nailed it with how this game looks. Yeah. Um, I think that the way... I haven't done the second the second parts of the game, second and third parts of the game yet, but the way the precinct is designed is like... It's one of my favorite video game environments ever. Yep. Because it's all like... Things are locked off, and you can't go here, but, like, you have these ways you can go, and then the, every time you figure something out, it's like that little dopamine release. Like, oh, yep. this is the key I need. Look, yep. it, has a, it has a club shape on it. Look, on the map, there's club doors. I'm going to go to those. And it's, it feels so good to, like, unlock a little bit at a time. And despite hating all the scary parts of it, like, those little parts feel like a really satisfying puzzle to put together. Um, and there's a lot of stuff locked up, like combination locks everywhere. Right. And, like... 
fuck, I know it's somewhere, but I don't, I've sped through, I haven't paid enough attention, so it feels like my fault that I don't know yeah. how to open that. The game and is it, meant to be very replayable, where you'll play through again to try to beat the game a little bit faster and complete a little bit of those right. challenges, because there's a whole challenge list, but they change those puzzles up every time you start a new yeah. playthrough. It also does, to me... Well, I think that's just between A and B. Really? Because, okay. I'll tell you why, because I was playing the game with, with Brian over my shoulder watching, and um, I was walking through the waiting room. I'm like, yeah, you know the combination of that safe? He's like, yeah, six, uh, or 11, six, two, or something like that. And that was it. And I was oh, like, and it was oh, the right one. Great. Like, he just remembered. Um, but yeah, that, the, the, that stuff, man, it's so satisfying. The zombies are a pain in the ass, but like, there is a satisfaction in clearing things out and being like, I think I'm comfortable in this room, at least for now, until they spawn more. The and you can, you can board up room, you can board up windows so zombies can't come through. Yeah. Um, and, and those little moments of reprieve where, like, you're just solving a puzzle or you're just in the safe room, it's like, it feels, it's a good, it's a good little roller coaster. There's some cool polish to the game right, where they mention, I, I guess this is slight spoilers, uh, about, like, liquors. You find a document that's from some guy that's just like, mm -hmm. hey, these liquor guys suck. They look like they're skinned humans. Uh, don't make any noise around them. They can't see. If you're really quiet, you can just walk yeah. past them. Yep. And so one right after that that note, one comes around a corner yep. and starts walking towards you. And you, if you just don't move or you just start slowly walking, it'll just ignore you completely and move past you. But then later in the game, you're doing something and a loud noise goes off. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll just do this thing and go to the next room. Didn't realize all the lickers heard that and they converged on me and just wrecked me. It, that's that cool polish, right? Of it, like, yeah, this is that's, that's why I, I've learned not to leave lickers alive because I ran into one and it scared the poop out of me. And those I was like, listen, fucking... that's, that's my second jump scare from one enemy. I'm done with this. Those are bullet sponges. You want to talk about bullets yeah, and lickers? I had to use my, my shotgun. I, I like that you uh, have to pay, it rewards you for paying attention to the environment. Like, this is a minor spoiler, but uh, right at the beginning, uh, your job is to unlock your desk, and it's so cool. Yeah, just uh, and it's like it's the first letter of all our names. That's the combination, but you don't know where the. But you have to pay attention, and s just little touches like that are so uh, so much fun. I also like what it does with light and, and sort of what's lit up, but more importantly, what's not lit up and yeah. what's right on those margins. And you're hearing, like you said, it builds the tension because you're hearing a lot of noises, but you can't necessarily see things. Sometimes you can uh, flip a switch and light up a room, but a lot I of the think, times, no. Yeah, that, that game does does sound design really well, yes. too, where you always kind of hear yeah. skittering. And it 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 is really intense just to have headphones on and listen to that because it also does binaural audio mm -hmm. so especially with mr x it's really important yeah. because you can like turn your head and be like okay he's over here uh and like you're like i'm gonna fucking never go in there but yeah that game it's really good and as much as i hate horror games uh it's really good capcom has done an amazing job of taking an old game and adding like current mechanics getting rid of the tank controls and turning it into this well-polished thing and they mm -hmm. finally came out i think last week and said that the whole reason this game was made was because of fan outcry saying they wanted yeah. a remake, and they actually yeah. said, "If we want, if you want to see a three, let us know, and yeah. we're going to take that into account." Yeah, it, I, I had been playing this game with the intent of, "I'm going to beat this game so I can prove to myself I can play horror games and then play future horror games." I don't know that it's going to have that effect because I'm no, I'm no less scared <laughs> than I was when I started. They yeah, might man. not just, they just aren't for you. That's, That's fine, but I want them to be. Yeah. Because <laughs> this game proves it. Like, there are mechanics I really like in it. Like, I'm having fun doing puzzles. It's yeah. so, like, 
I, I, got, I got to the end of the, the precinct, and I was like, all right, we're about to leave. And then Brian was like, we forgot to get the Magnum. And I was like, fuck. He's like, but I got to go. And so I bravely went and got the Magnum all by myself. And I was so proud. It, uh, it, it, yeah, it, it does such a good job of not holding your hand, but just giving you enough little clues to figure it out for yourself. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's such a good remake. Uh, they did it the right way. And, and for all the reasons you said, I hope they make more because I will, I, I was never a huge Resident Evil person, but I, this very much got me into the series. Yeah. Do, have, have you guys ran into situations yet where uh, I almost did? where I put myself in such a bad situation ammo and health-wise that I nearly had to restart. Yeah. Because I had, I was in the red in my health, and I had like three shots left, and I was like trying to navigate well, around Mr. X. Well, the last one's for and, me. And there was, multiple, <laughs> there was multiple zombies in my way where I had to go. I just like happened to be able to like run into the room, there was no zombies, run out, grab an Arab, and I was like, okay, it's, I, can, I can make I, yeah, this. I've, in playing the last few games, zero and one in the last few months, uh, I've realized it's very possible to fuck yourself in those games and get to a point where even if you're like five or six hours in, you don't have any way to progress and you're yeah. just going to die. Yeah, that's real. That's, it's almost that's like what I don't want to happen. I have like ten save files right now. Me too. Yeah. It's almost like you soft lock the game a little bit. Yeah. It's like you're just in a spot where it's like, well, I'm kind of fucked. You can't progress yep. and you're going to die if you leave. Yep. So. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. Anybody got any other thoughts on Resident Evil 2 to share? I want it to be done so I can play Kingdom Hearts. Yes. All right. So that brings us to our next game, Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> Request. Please don't spoil. Request. Please don't spoil. We won't spoil. Okay. Well, as somebody who let's let's say I've got sixty dollars to spend on one game, and I'm looking at Resident Evil Two, yep. Kingdom Hearts Three. Sell me. Have, have you sell me on one? Wh- have which, you, how, how, I've you, got you looking, no experience in either for, series. Are you looking for time? Because Resident Evil Two is a shorter game. Yeah. Okay. I'm With looking a lot of replayability. Yes. I, I so I've dumped. I spent my whole week in playing Kingdom Hearts Three. I've dumped thirty hours into the game so far. Wait, is that is it? Is it only like thirty hours long? I would assume it would be like. 60. I'm not. I'm not done with the game yet. Okay. Uh, how long to beat places it at thirty-five hours? I think. Oh. Uh, but that's if you just go through the story. There's plenty of other things. Okay. They have a lot of replayability too. Yeah. Um, but between that, I've played maybe I think five hours of Resident Evil Two. I would recommend Resident Evil 2. I really, yeah. really, wow. yeah, I really, really like Resident Evil 2. As I was playing through Kingdom Hearts, I just kept finding myself like, I want to go back to Resident Evil 2, but I also know I want to finish Kingdom Hearts 3 before do I go you, back to 2. Do, do you attribute that to, I think Resident Evil 2 is kind of a, a really complete package in terms of, it can appeal to most people with the caveat that you like horror games or you're willing to play them, because it has a, a pretty good story, the mechanics are really good, and I, the one thing I know about Kingdom Hearts, because I went and watched like two different videos about recapping the story, is that the story is kind of nonsense. Yes, you, you... That's the running that's, joke. That's the thing about this game. If you haven't played previous games and you're not somewhat familiar with the story, I would have a hard time recommending it, because it doesn't give you a tutorial you know it doesn't give you a synopsis like at the beginning what what if you're what if you're a person that like can get through a game if you're not invested in the story but the mechanics and the world are interesting enough because i love the idea of disney characters in a video game that's Mm -hmm. really cool like i love big hero 6 right he's my favorite robot so you asked me if i liked resident evil 2 because it's a complete package resident evil 2 to me is a very good game with a story that i'm interested in in playing through kingdom hearts 3 to me is fan fiction Kingdom Hearts 3 to yeah. me makes yeah. me uh, like be makes careful. Me understand. Be 
careful. People are going to get very mad at you. Like me. <laughs> it, it just it makes me understand uh, why people like fan fiction, right? Like, it's all these different... You can, you can do anything, right, with this writing. Yeah. This is a weird mishmash of... Disney stories with Final Fantasy characters and Final Fantasy story. And I'm a Kingdom Hearts fan. I I loved one. I loved two. I played Chain of Memories. I didn't Have you play played all of them. I played up through the Vita uh, game, which Birth I don't. Birth by Sleep. I think it's Birth by Sleep. Uh, no, no. That was PSP. There's a, there's a game. In Dream, the Drop so, Dream Drop. Dream Drop. This is the one I haven't played. That's that was 3DS. Two over 350, two. Three fifty. Three fifty. Three five eight over two days. I think that's how you're supposed to pronounce what it. The fuck? There are th I don't know. What is with the names of know. these fucking games? I, what is two point eight? There are three mainline Kingdom Hearts games. There are like twelve Kingdom Hearts games that yeah. tell the whole story, and they're all important to three. Yeah, uh, like I, Birth by uh, Sleep. I know. If you don't play Birth by Sleep, you're not going to understand this because there's a ton of shit that happens in Birth by Sleep that, you know, if, if uh, there's a lot. I love Kingdom Hearts. I, I'm happy to come back to this world. I want to see how it finishes up. But I'm it is like coming in in the last fifth of a novel. I'm so surprised that you guys really, like, are... And you're not down on it. No, no, I but, love but the game. But it's, it's not, like, 100% recommended, which is surprising Here's Yeah, I don't know if I would recommend this to someone that isn't a fan of the Kingdom Hearts game. That if you're new is to the franchise, bizarre. Yeah. Is, it, is it entirely for story reasons? No, it's... it's or what else kind of... Yeah, I would say for story the, the reason, well, the, yeah. the, So that's what I'm asking. Like, what about the rest of the game? So Take the story away. How's the rest of the game? The reason I say that is because as I'm playing through this game, I find myself... There are fun mechanics, like, you... So it... Some of the fighting mechanics are you get multiple keyblades, they have different play styles, and you can swap between them as you fight monsters, or heartless, or nobodies, or unleaven, or whatever the they're called. The bad guys. The bad guys. Uh, there's like four or five different categories of bad guys. The uncool uh, 13. But to me, it's just I'm turning my brain off really when I'm fighting, and I'm just like running through, hitting X, hitting with my keyblade. There are different play styles, but I don't have to necessarily learn all of those play styles. Is it? Is it? Is it a... It's kind of, action game. It's like, like I know, I know, there's, I know, there's, I know there's action combat. Yeah. But like, are you upgrading Sora? Like, are you getting gear yes, or, or getting, abilities? Yes. You get better gear. Uh, you get better keyblades. Uh, you upgrade different members of your party. But I think the whole time you're playing as Sora or Riku. Uh, it does a little bit of in-between worlds yeah. you swap between some characters, but for the most part you're playing as Sora. Uh, as you play through and you're fighting Heartless, uh, you level up your character and they get more health. In the beginning you go through this like small quiz that determines are you more like fighting oriented or are you more defense oriented yes. or are you more mage oriented. Right. But it's kind of convoluted so I haven't really figured out what answers mean I, what play style you I, have. I think if you are into Disney or, or you're just, you think the concept is interesting that, that maybe you would enjoy. That's, I mean, that's that's yeah. where I'm coming if from. If the premise alone is interesting to you, it's yeah, and I, recommended. I don't know if they, because I haven't played all, I'm, I'm 10 hours in, so I don't yeah. know if, you know, coming in, you're going to be lost to some degree, but you can sort of get, you're the good guy, there's this bad guy out there that you're, you know, that you're sort of having to build yourself up and eventually building to this climactic confrontation. But even, like, I got through the first world, and then I had to go back and read every Wikipedia article for all of the games, just kind of figure out, okay, I kind of understand this. Then I went back and it, they have these, like, intro videos in the beginning menu that you can watch that kind of catches you up, but doesn't include everything from all of the yeah, games. Yeah, that, that's the thing, because I, I, I had people <laughs> recommend, just play the game, it has a recap 
And I was like, I don't know if I trust that. And I watched other videos that explain like everything or mostly yeah. everything. This is the most anime game I've ever played. It has <laughs> body swapping. It has time travel. Yeah. This is also before three. It has oh gosh. Like, different worlds. You Child to. romance. It's, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's a good. It's a fun game. It's a fun like I've just been playing through and I'm liking the stories and I can kind of just like turn my brain off and sometimes I'll get stuck on a boss and I have to kind of swap I my sort play of, style so, up. So outside of the story, is there like side quests? Like what? Are, what is the side content or outside of story content that you're doing? There's just like looking for treasures in past games. There's uh, like uh, sort of side bosses that are way harder than the uh, And they're thrown in from other games like I think it was in two you fought Sephiroth um, And he was like brutally brutally hard. He's in one and two But he's like the harder boss that you don't have to fight right. That's cool But it's just a Final Fantasy thing right like you would you could go and fight these summons like the Knights of the Round Yeah, cloud shows up and he's just sort of this bitter dick at this point without Without spoiling anything, mm-hmm. are there surprises to be had in like the guest appearances of characters? Like, are, are there were, did characters show up that you didn't know about going into it? Uh, and don't spoil what they are. This is you're making this hard on me, Adam. Uh, me not yet, but they've also. You could just say yes or no. No. Uh, everything I saw in all of the trailers was pretty much everything I had seen. I'm not done with the game though, so I don't know yeah. if maybe there's still some kind of twist or side world I'm going to be able to go to. Uh, but I've enjoyed the storyline of all of these things, right? Like, there's this overarching, like, Final Fantasy plot, but all of the worlds have their own contained either, like, this is the movie and I'm playing through the movie right now, and it's kind of cool to see how Sora integrates into that. Uh, or there is, uh, a, like, a completely new and original story that you're playing through currently. Is there a favorite world that you have so far? There's, I, like, Toy Story, Big Hero 6. I don't want to say because I don't want to spoil anything. Okay, okay, okay. I don't want people looking forward to something. What I, what I love about Kingdom Hearts games, and this one is no different, they're not afraid to be epic. Like, yeah, crazy, maybe insanely plotted, but, like, it is an epic, huge story that is very memorable, that is over the top, that, that uh, has very memorable characters. And the fact that Disney has allowed them to sort of use their property however they want, is something you do not see anywhere else. It's a game that's fun just to sit and consume and enjoy, and you don't have to make sense of it. Yeah. Like, it's a little, the, the plot's very convoluted, but it's <laughs> still, a little bit. it's still, like, followable, right? And you can kind of understand, okay, this is the bad guy. These are my friends. This is, okay, this is what I need to do, go to do. Uh, oh, I know this story because it's a Disney story and it's familiar to me, and I'm just kind of having fun and playing it. It's a good game. And the, the special attacks, uh, they've, uh, on the the new ones, uh, what are they called? The Y button ones, where they're based on Disneyland rides and Disney World so rides. Part of the mechanics are different like, colors, green and yellow. They they throw a <laughs> lot at you in the beginning. Yes, uh, a lot of game mechanics at you in the beginning. Uh, but they're all a lot of fun and really cool. Like there's your Keyblade, and as you fight with your Keyblade, you kind of build this small meter that then transforms the Keyblade into a certain like fighting style. Uh, and they can be more magic oriented, or they can be more like fighting oriented. But even like the magic ones are different. Uh, and or have different play styles. And then there's other where like if you hit enemies that have this green circle around them, it'll build this meter that lets you summon Disney rides that then you can summon into battle. Like uh, there's the... They brought back flow, flow motion, I think, where you can interact with the environments and sort of bounce off things. They brought back shot lock where you can switch to like a first person shooter almost and like for a limited time. And as you play through, like you'll, you'll unlock abilities for your party members that unlock new uh, like 
meter weapons yeah. as well that lets you hit triangle or wide depending on what system you're playing on and then you'll do like a combo attack with Goofy or Donald or uh, one of the other characters in the world that you're playing in. Uh, yeah. It make, it is makes, the combat fun? Is the combat it, is very I good. like it, yeah. It makes no pretense of realism at all. I mean, it is an over-the-top, yeah. cartoony video game that is like, it is, it's like, this is what, it, it, it's always sort of, this is what we are, and if you like it, great, like, come aboard. Do, do the different worlds uh, offer variety and, and variety that caters to the world you're in? Like, for, for example, like, in my head, if I'm going to see Pirates at the Caribbean, we're going to be on a fucking pirate ship yes. or something like that. Yes, absolutely. Okay. It, it has a lot of that. Okay, yeah. great. Uh, and there's, it's funny, too. Like, sometimes the dialogue, it's over the top, but there, there are little jokes in there, and there's... So, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I've been a fan of it for forever. It's fun to... Uh, it's kind of like when you rewatch a favorite series or something, you know, like a TV series. You sure. It's good to see everybody back. Sure. You know, uh, this is very much how Kingdom Hearts 3 felt. That's why it was yeah. kind of a complicated question. You asked me, like, would I recommend Resident Evil 2 or Kingdom Hearts 3? They're both really good games. They're a lot of fun, but they're very different audiences. Right, right. Standalone, yeah, yeah one, uh, a single-serving package, Resident Evil 2, no doubt. Uh, but... Kingdom Hearts 3, you know, you, you if you know going in, I think it's probably worth it. Yeah, show. I've been, like, craving an RPG, another RPG, yeah. so. This will definitely fill that um, for you. Yeah. Trying to think of. It has like there. There are a lot of those small things, like you mentioned, like pirate ships or pirates of the Caribbean. There's the in-between world gummy ship stuff that they've really expanded out uh, oh, more God. so than it's not just yeah. like a. In one, it was just a linear thing. Oh, that you yeah, kind you're of on rails. Your yeah. In three, it's a whole like world, and you actually leave the planet and go to another world are, almost. Are, are there collectibles and stuff? Can you go back to worlds and like be like, yeah. I want to go back yeah. here and yep. get, is there collectibles? That's to kind get? of the side quest stuff. There are yeah. uh, a lot, there's a lot of the JRPG elements of like, go collect all of these different items and then you can synthesize those to like, get a better weapon okay. or. So it's like unlockables. Up. Yeah. yeah. That shit I love. <laughs> they, it, it does a good job, at least in previous games. I'm not, you know, I'm only like 10 or so hours in, but by the end of it, you feel like a badass. I am getting stronger and I have a lot of really cool things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the best feelings in a game. That's a good one. That you're just our fantasy, dude. All powerful and you can just, you know. You started at the bottom, now you can take on anything. Now we're here. Is is that, are the cutscenes like way too long? Because there's only one game that I'll watch 30 minute to an hour cutscenes and that's that's, uh, Metal Gear Solid. Um, it, Lord. Definitely, yes, definitely a lot of cutscenes. Yes. So know that going in. Yeah, the worlds, I think the cutscenes, they they tightened up a little bit. So, like, when you're playing, it's fun. But then when every time you go out of a world, there's usually, like, a longer cutscene of, like, what's happening in between. And those I, like, kind of will tune out a little bit because I know either I'm going to watch and, okay, cool, I get what's going on. Or I have no idea what's happening right now. I'm just going to keep playing. It's it's also funny because Haley Joel, Joel Osment, I believe, has voiced Sora in the English versions this whole time. Mm-hmm. Well... He sounded like a kid back in the early 2000s. When he was a kid. Six cents, yeah. Haley Joel Now he's, <laughs> I mean, Sora's clearly gone through puberty a long time ago. <laughs> like, the voice is a lot lower. Did they, but age, still, did they age the character to yeah, match? No, not not a to the degree to which Haley Joel Osment has aged. I'm, I'm happy for that guy. Good for him. Yeah. He's still doing cool yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, some of the voice acting has been a little hit or miss for me in some of the, like, Disney worlds and whatnot. But they also got some of the original voice actors to come back for a lot of the Disney counterparts, uh, and it's been good. Who, who voices Woody? I don't know. Is it I, Tom Hanks? I would imagine it's not Tom Hanks. Yeah, some of, some of them are the original actors. Was it ever Tom Hanks? The Frozen actors had them. in the movies. But for three, I have no idea. But in the other Kingdom Hearts games, did Tom I have Hanks? I no idea. 
Okay. Oh, okay. That's what hilarious. Is by Tom Hanks' brother. All right. Rick Hanks. Todd Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> Todd, Todd Hanks. That's like uh, John Travolta had a brother, Joey. Jim Travolta, Hanks. Who did? Yeah. So Jim Hanks voices right. Woody in Kingdom Hearts three, but like Zachary Levi comes back and voices Flynn Rider in like, the Tangled, uh, which is he was the voice actor in the original movie. Yeah, so I, it's uh, a mishmash. I killed that guy in the movie. I killed Zachary Levi in the movie. Called Black. Oh yeah, that's right. I was oh, like, wow. wait, you killed Zachary Levi in Tangled? That's really dark, Adam. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called Shazam. Adam's in it, so congratulations. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, so anything else on Kingdom Hearts? Or If you're a Kingdom Hearts fan, you'll love this game. That's, yes. That yeah. that was my immediate impression. Yep. I don't, I don't. It sounded, from the story being 35 hours, it doesn't sound like it overstays its welcome. No, it's okay. something that I'm playing through and it's going to be a lot of fun and I've I've loved everyone's reactions of like it's been 14 years or whatever and I'm really yeah. excited because Twitter's been awesome. Do you, think, do you think that we're going to have a DLC where it's the Avengers and that's the between end game and they're going to actually help all the <laughs> Avengers come back? Oh. It's one of the possible futures right. that Kingdom Hearts 3 Thanos shows up and right. you have to fight him. That would be a total Kingdom if, Hearts If move. Kingdom Hearts 3 ends with Donald going, I don't feel so well, guys, evaporating <laughs> into dust, actually, oh man, if... If uh, there is Avengers crossover and it's one of the possible futures, you know the Avengers lose in that one because they're right. definitely not going to have Sora in Avengers Endgame. Right. So that's the, supposed to be the one way that they. I would win. love. I would love if that was the case. They you get to they watch got, the Avengers die. They're, they're, just like anything to do with Avengers in Kingdom Hearts, because that's Disney owns it, right? Or Star so, Wars. Yes, they go, or Star they, Wars. I want an ESPN world. It would <laughs> absolutely be like them to bring in something like and that. And they like haven't talked about DLC, right? I don't, no, think, I don't so. think there will be DLC for this game. That's fair. It's yeah. also good, this this game I think was maybe not in development hell, but something close. I mean, it, it's, it's taken the, a long, long, long yeah. time. It's over 13, a decade. 13 years? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's a long, How long time. How did Duke Nukem yeah. Forever take? Eight. And, and I'm, I'm glad well, that... I think it was. It? I think it was a comparable amount of time, but nobody was making right. I, I was happy. jokes at KH3's expense the same way. Technically, you have that Marvel tie-in in Kingdom Hearts 3 because Big Hero 6 is like one of the worlds you go to, and yeah. that's technically a Marvel property, kind Te of. Technically, yeah. It's. I'm, I'm happy though that the game did come out and it's good. You know, because yeah. sometimes those come out and it's like, ugh, you can tell like good it's and the for fans it. are loving it. it. Yeah. Right. So as, as an outsider looking in, I'm. I'm happy for all the Kingdom yes. Hearts fans That's, that they and finally got what they yeah, wanted. Yeah. Both both Resident Evil and Kingdom Hearts, all the fans of those games are gaga over. It's so cool to see. And that's, it's yeah. January. We got yeah. 11 more months of awesome games. I know. Out. It's a nice uh, nice start to the gaming year. That's that's for sure. Um, all right, so that is our new releases. So let's talk news. All right, um, Ben, do you, should we trade these off? What do sure, you, all you right. can start, you know the story. Okay, so um, GameStop, I don't know if you guys have heard, not doing yeah. very well. It is, um, they recently, well, this was a, a while back, but they announced that they were going to try to sell, sell themselves. And they had split off, I think, a mobile division. They had already sold that. Um, they recently announced that we can't find a buyer, or we can't find a buyer that wants to pay us what we think. Yeah, I was gonna say. Work. I wonder how much of that translates to we're not getting the money that we want. Yeah, yeah. So. can't find a buyer or decided not to sell after all. Because I saw both headlines. Can't or what? No, I think I think the headline <laughs> yeah, was true. that they they concluded filing paperwork to sell yeah. to proceed with selling, but. Their stock is very low. It, it, it took a uh, over 20% hit after they oh. made that announcement. So um, obviously Amazon has affected it and 
digital games, digital yeah. games more than anything else. Um, yeah, it's it's not looking good. I, I wish I could have the best of both worlds. I would probably. I don't know if that's the case. I might go to GameStop to get a physical copy that just had a digital code in it, just to have the box on my shelf. Because I love having a, a physical collection of things, but yeah. I, I can't be bothered to switch out games all the time. It's just too much of a pain in the ass. Do you do it all digital now? Yeah, pretty much. There, there are certain games like... Uh, my favorite games I will get physical, like Dark Souls or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That stuff that's all physical. To but. have like a memento. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. It would yeah. take like a, a a collector's edition that actually appeals to me for yeah. me to get physical. Like the only times I've done that in the last decade or so was uh, Majora's Mask 3D because I, I have the little Skull Kid figure. It's, it still sits, sits on my desk, and then uh, uh, Breath of the Wild because it has a map and yeah. right. Some, Something it's not extra. much, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 just cool enough that I was like, I'll, I'll need to find the stats because I was looking up uh, just to, I was wondering how much have digital sales really affected like physical copies. Uh, I, I can't find it here immediately, but I looked at some like games industry analyst that mentioned that uh, the digital sales of games aren't affecting the physical purchases that much. Uh, there, it's just people are still buying more games, but they're not people aren't buying more physical games. So there's there's people are still buying the same amount of physical games, but they're not buying they're hmm. buying more digital games. It sounds like people aren't swapping. It's just as gamers come in to buy games, they're starting to buy digital and not physical. Right. Uh, so it's not growing. And then as like Amazon comes in and Walmart and they have those, you know, physical copies that they can provide, or Amazon can just ship directly to you. Stores like GameStop are starting to kind of fall behind. Also, Amazon's easier to deal with yeah. than GameStop. Like their policies <laughs> are more, I don't know. In my experience, I, I will say the the thing. Amazon has almost always fucked me oh, yeah. on like I think it was two times in a or two or three times in a row from Bloodborne to Dark Souls two to maybe Dark Souls three, uh, where I ordered a day one copy so I could have like the collector's edition right. or whatever, uh, just have a physical edition and every time it was delayed by like five days. Oh, that's yeah. I've had like, that happen a couple. Yeah, times. it's like dude, yeah. that's that's gonna be past the weekend, so I would yeah. just go and buy another copy. Right. Because yeah. like I can't I can't wait for things like Dark Souls. Jason Trier had something really interesting where he tweeted out like game publishers and devs despise GameStop for for facilitating the used game market, while gamers associate it with pre-order nagging and opening opened new games and awful trade-in values. Like, will anybody miss GameStop other than the people that will like lose their jobs? And <sighs> I know people still buy games from GameStop, but I. It's really easy, I think, just to swap to Amazon or people. People Walmart. won't miss it in the short term. Like if it closes, they'll be, you know, you'll. I, I bet you'll hear a lot of yeah, fuck, you know. Uh, but I think in the long term, when people look back, 10, 20 years, people like they look at blockbuster. Yeah, When do you? When was the last time you guys went to GameStop? It's been. I think when I bought my Switch, I think I showed up because I bought the pre-order off of someone that had pre-ordered it. Right. I went the other game, day, GameStop. Mm -hmm. well, I went a couple weeks ago to see if they had a controller that I wanted, mm -hmm. and they didn't, so I left. <laughs> I, I sold a bunch of games last year. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, man. And got yeah. credit. I, I, that was fun. I would never, <laughs> it's just I would not never, I would never sell my games. I did that one time with my Xbox collection. Yeah. I had my original Xbox. I had, like, two Duke controllers, an S, and I sold everything besides, like, my Halos for, like, 60 bucks. So, oh. and, and, like... It just seems like such a ripoff. At, like a week later, I was like, I fucking regret this. Yeah. And I still regret it.
But yeah, the last time I went into GameStop was like the only time I ever go into GameStop is to buy gifts. So like I would, if I want to surprise Grace with like Octopath Traveler or Pokemon, I'll go there and yeah. I'll like you know put it in her Switch and she'll come home from work and it's there. Like it's great to have if you need it right a now. physical copy yeah. that yeah. you can give to someone. But I I uh, the worst the worst memory I have of selling back so and this was years this was back in the GameCube era and I was like broke I was like right out of college you know just like no money so I had to sell some stuff back just because I like needed cash I sold it back I sold my GameCube which the reset button like stuck a little like it still uh -oh. worked but it was a little sticky and they were like this is defective they bought it when I looked back at the receipt on like how much I they bought it for five dollars. What? My GameCube, oh. and I've never forgiven myself for like being you like, shouldn't. no. What did I like? But at the time, I don't. I think I just like wasn't really paying attention. But like, uh the the memory still of that of five bucks for that is. Just I worked like at a GameStop so painful. in high school, and like when people were coming to train to trade in their stuff, like. It, it, we weren't allowed to do it, you know, but I almost wanted to like meet me outside in five minutes and I'll give you like $20 more for yeah, all of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 75 cents for it. Like, it just seems more worth it to get yeah. those things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what's going on with GameStop. Uh, moving along, um, we got a couple of interesting like moves and I'll, I'll sort of combine these. Yeah. Um, a Nintendo executive has joined up with Microsoft, Damon Baker, most recently head of third party marketing and communications for Nintendo. Uh, is going to Xbox as their head of portfolio. So uh, that is pretty cool. He was at Nintendo for a long, long time. And then Sebastian Stepien, uh, creative director on Witcher 3, and Cyberpunk 2077 is going to Blizzard. Ooh. So that's very interesting. I think just, just looking at this from like a personal perspective, as you gain like a, a resume and clout at a company, you can sometimes leave for more money at another company. Yes. And if you're just trying to like retire and get money, like it's not always a personal thing. It's not always like, I hate Nintendo now, I'm going to Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but the, the, the Cyberpunk one is interesting because the game isn't complete yet. Um, and, you, and a lot of times you don't get your name on the credits if you weren't there when the game yeah. launched. A few people are speculating that maybe a good amount of the story is already fleshed out. And so he wrapped up his you know projects on 2077, and maybe that means we're going to get that end of this year, next year. Like that's a speculation. Just, maybe they're oh. testing it and just debugging. Yeah, it right. Stage. It's a lot of the coding that's going into it, but the story's already fleshed out. Mm. Done. The story, so the story being done. done, totally makes sense because yeah. they would be built. They'd be building a game around the story generally, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but a lot of a lot of people, if you look at Glassdoor and you look at um, CD Projekt, it's not it's not the best work environment for people. Um, and a lot of people are like, oh, it's crunch, or they don't pay well enough, or, or whatever. So I can understand if, like, you have a great resume, and you want to go work for a company that, that does have a better, you know, better in, in environment for employees. And I visited Blizzard, man. It's a really cool place. Like, it's... I, it's, I think what you said is right, too, like, um, if a company, you know, uh, like, Nintendo's doing really well these days, so right. his personal stock is probably higher. Yeah. Same for, like, uh, uh, everybody, CD Projekt Red, they have a great reputation, yeah. so you're going to be able to probably get a lot more money going somewhere. Right. I mean, Blizzard makes And it sounds like it, Blizzard, is, this is a really good grab for Blizzard, because it sounds like he was, he started in 2006 as just, like, a writer, 
uh, writing for some of these games, and then he moved up to creative director on Witcher 3 and Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, so, that, that guy could probably go anywhere he wants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, let's move on. Fallout 76. You know more about this one than I do. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, so Bethesda had to come out basically and say Fallout 76 is not going free to play. A few people started freaking out online when they saw that a lot of in-game stores were losing stock of all their new copies of Fallout 76. Oh. Leading fans to kind of believe that the studio is gearing up to shift the game into a free-to-play mode, which would make sense from a business standpoint, I think, a little bit, in terms of, like, we can make more money for this game if we shift to free-to-play. Could that uh, be done in that quick of a turnaround? I don't know. I, how realistic even is that? You mean without a big backlash or just, like... Could they logistically do it? Like the fucking backlashes would be. Yeah, it would be horrible. <laughs> it would. Uh, yeah, some uh, Twitter user at xgtexdopey tweeted out: If Fallout 76 goes free to play, I want my money back straight up. 500 atoms <laughs> at this time. Nice As a diehard job. fan, there'd be no coming back to that slap in the face. And Bethesda just responded with: uh, There is no truth to this rumor. So, All right. Yeah, there we'll see if that pans out in the future. But as, as that, that game didn't get any better yet, right? That game still sucks. They put out a new patch this week. I had read that broke a few of the other things. Like oh, it brought no. back the bobby yes. pin glitch. Um, it, it fixed some things, but now older issues are back now, and it just seems like they're stuck in this loop of. I, I feel like it's bug hell. I feel like it's gonna have like a hardcore group that stays with it, like the like how No Man's Sky had. Sea and, of Thieves. And, yeah, and and. That are hoping, you know. I hate to even improved. put Fallout 76 in the same category as yeah. some of those games, yeah. though. Like, I, I'm hoping for a similar turnaround story. But Me too, because Sea of Thieves and, and No Man's Sky are doing great. Now, you know, now Sea of Thieves is one of the top like stream yeah, games right? on Twitch, and yeah. it's getting this huge resurgence. But they've dumped a lot of resources into that game and a lot of new expansions yeah. that have built it in. And <clears> I haven't <throat> seen anything major from Bethesda. It's just been bug fixes, which is what they should be focusing on. Uh -huh. But it just seems like every time they fix something, they break three other. Things. Yeah. Uh, speaking of online games, Anthem, uh, the beta came out, uh, the VIP beta. Uh, by the time you guys watch this, uh, we will be in the open beta. Uh, but it was rocky. There was, um, there, people were getting infinite load times on starting missions. Um, the, uh, some people were not able to log in. There were, uh, you know, what else? There was one other thing. There was uh, infinite load times. Yep. Uh, the it, There were like entitlements blocking users from the demo That's entirely. Right. Yep. Uh, connection issues. I think those are the top three things. And, and Bioware out. basically said, we know it was rocky. We're going we're gonna to work on it. Um, I had said when I talked about this in the know, that's what demos are for. And people corrected me and said, no, that's what betas are for. This is a demo, meaning this should be a little more polished. I don't, I don't know. I, I think the reason they're putting this out is to stress test and these but, days but the, the vip demo. the vip demo was a paid for thing you had to buy into yep. anthem to get into that yeah so that is like kind of a, a problem I, you're I expecting do, a certain level you're expecting of to play the whole weekend yeah. like you you yeah. bought you pre-ordered or whatever so that you could participate in this three-day long thing and, yep. and that game comes out soon too right yeah uh, I think they, they came I do appreciate the transparency that BioWare is coming out with and saying, like, hey, guys, we see what you're, the issues you're having with. We're going to try to do our best to fix it. Uh, I think they came out and said the top priorities are they're going to continue to resolve any reports of issues with login and entitlement problems. They're going to implement fixes to address infinite loads, uh, and they're going to improve server performance. Uh, but it's just nice to see them at least come out and say, like, hey, guys, we, we get all of this. Uh, we understand it's a demo. We're going to keep working on it really hard. I just hope this is not another case of a game being released incomplete. <laughs> I, 
like like you have been Jeez. talking about before that just seems like the standard now, which is not okay, which put more time, delay it if you have to, but but this, this uh, yeah, releasing it incomplete and then a year from now it might be okay. We'll see. Yeah. I'm not exactly confident. I don't have a lot of confidence. Keep it on my radar. This is not good for Bioware, though, I mean, because like oh. they're after after Mass Effect Andromeda, they need they need a they hit. need yeah. yeah but, I, I mean, game, games like this have so much money behind them that like like you look at Destiny and yeah. they they knew what they were launching both times right. and they're not stupid. They're just like listen, we got to get it out, but as long as we make improvements, people will come back to it. Shitty mindset, but they're not wrong. Yeah. Um, and I I don't know. Looking at what the game has presented, I don't know that it's going to be that. I don't know if it's going to be like the, the biggest game in the world, like some people might expect. Um, but I think there's too much competition. I'm, I'm probably going to play it until, uh, yeah, until I too. get bored of it. Me too. I'm optimistically hopeful. I'm. I think I know that this is probably going to be a big game for Bioware, and they they need to make it work. Uh, and I hope it does well. I really, really hope it does well. I these bugs set me back a little bit, but I'm still hopeful that they're going to come out with a good product. It it's, it seems to scratch that Destiny to Warframe itch. Mm-hmm. So if it if it's good, I want it to be good because I'm going to try it too. Yeah. Um, now these are these last two are probably the big stories uh, of the week. Uh, the 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 big controversy over Metro Exodus going exclusive on the Epic Game Store for a year. I think the PC version, obviously, um, that sort of came out of the blue. And the big problem was it had been available on for pre-order on Steam for a long time. And Valve fired back saying this is unfair to Steam customers. Um, yeah. Epic is Epic is trying to sort of reassure you can, you'll still be, if you pre-order, you'll still get it on Steam. You'll be able to get all the DLC. There's not going to be DLC that's exclusive to Epic, but still, this is, I, I know they're trying to play a little hardball with this Epic Game Store, but this seems to be creating a lot of ill will from people. Yeah, you, uh, if you're going to play hardball, you can't screw over the consumer. You screw yeah. over your competition. Right. If you screw I, over the consumer, you're suddenly the bad guy. Yeah, I have I have no pity for Valve and no, no love for Epic. Uh, they're just big corporations trying to make a bunch of money, and that's fine. That's what businesses do. But, like, this does screw customers quite yes. a bit. And, yes. and some people, they don't want to they don't want to invest in Epic's launcher. They already have a giant Steam library. All the previous Metro games have been on Steam. They're like a, uh, like a staple of Steam sales. Yes. And they're great games. And, you know, say what you want about them, like, using Steam to advertise and how scummy that is for them to treat Steam that way, but it's more about the users and, yeah. oh, and how yeah. they've screwed them over. And and the, the sort of tactic where it's like, we're taking it away today. You better buy it now if you want to go to Steam. It's, I almost did it, too, and I was like, I don't, wait, I don't want to buy into this bullshit. Like, yeah. they're just trying to make people grab at it, and it's not right. Right, right to try to, like, spike sales. Yeah. Or sort of introduce this artificial urgency yeah. into it. And didn't, like, THQ Nordic have to come out and distance themselves a little bit from the whole fiasco? Yeah, uh, yeah, THQ Nordic set, which, which owns uh, uh, Coke Media, which I think was the company that made this Deep call. Silver? Yeah, uh, THQ Nordic was like, we don't have anything, we didn't have anything to do with this, we, you know, and they kind of said in general, we, we want to make it available to as many platforms as possible. Obviously, Epic is playing big time hardball, they're, they're offering an uh, 88% cut to developers of their revenue compared to 70 
with Valve, that's a big, like 18% is a lot. So they're they're trying, you know, they're really trying to take a big bite out of Valve. Do, how long do you think, oh sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. How long do you think that revenue cut's gonna stay at that level before Until they start? Fortnite starts crashing, and then probably sometime and, after. I mean, it could be, you know, I think they have the money to do it for a long time. And, you know, there, there are um, big chains out there who historically in other, um, uh, in other industries will come in, cut prices to the bone until all their competition has gone out of business, and then magically it goes back up again. I'm, so, I'm, interested I'm to not see saying Epic's this... doing that, but they can afford to you know, make it very enticing to develop. I'm interested to see what this... Uh, Competition, I guess, is the best word for it between Epic Game Store and Steam is going to like provide in the long run. I don't, I don't think this is just Epic Game Store and Steam. I think every uh, Epic Game Store is obviously trying to like get some of that Steam market share, but like I think every big developer is going to have. They already kind of do like Origin, Uplay. Origin, you play like they already have their own thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. GOG is one that's just kind of out there mm -hmm. doing DRM free stuff, and that's fine. But you know, eventually, we're going to have a launcher for every major company. I just, Battle.net. Yeah. Epic, I think, yeah. just has the resources right now, right, to yeah. grab, grab these other games and provide them on their launcher, and I want to see what, how Steam responds to that. But it sucks to see, like, these gamers stuck in the middle of this, like, mom and dad are fighting over Metro yeah. Exodus. It's, it's going to suck to have a million. It's not, not pro-consumer yeah. right now. It's going to suck to have a million launchers, just how, like, you know, know. we're going to have a million streaming services when, yeah, like, when Disney comes out God. with theirs and, like, AT&T comes out with theirs. And yeah, I, I, I've experienced it with just, like, digital movies, even. Like, yeah. Movies Anywhere, when that came out, that was, like, a godsend because it just amalgamates everything. Right, and right. so that's, that's a pro-consumer thing where, you know, all the companies that contribute to Movies Anywhere... I'd like to think they get some kind of cut of it. I'm not sure how the business side of it works, <laughs> right. but like if things keep going this way in the games department, we're going to need a similar kind yeah. of thing. Or I'm, I got tolerance for like tops, two big services, because that's enough to have a competition, which then that means they're competing for our money, which means we get better deals. But... Right now, more than right that, now it's it the developers' money, though. It's not. Yeah, they're not treating the customers with any respect. Well, Epic says Epic did a couple. Th I think I read that they're now refunding customers uh, uh, if there was a discrepancy if they bought it before a game before like regional par pricing. Partial refunds. It's yeah. not even like the yeah. full amount. I, I I like competition. I mean, I think competition is good. Right. But yeah. yes, I. I I think what you're saying has validity as well. It's putting some gamers where they're stuck between like a rock and a hard place. Right, right. Um, and then last up, uh, of course, Metroid Prime 4. Nintendo made uh, the big announcement. They came clean. Yeah. They, uh, the uh, Nintendo's senior managing executive officer, Shinya Takahashi, came out with a video this week saying development is not up to par on this game. We're starting over, basically. We're bringing in Retro Studios. The uh, the producer's going to stay the same, but uh, he just said this is what's up, and it's not going to be a available anytime soon. It's mm -hmm. going to be a long time before we have any update. Um, I, I think it, that they got a lot of credit for being transparent about it. Yeah, yeah the reception of that video was like surprisingly positive for yeah. basically saying, hey, one of the most anticipated Switch games yeah. is not coming out for a long time. Yeah. That's good. I mean, we need... Mm -hmm. We need stuff like that. Like we need developers to not try to make it better later, and just to release yes. games that they think are worth it. Leave yeah. it to Nintendo to occasionally do something that is shockingly ahead of the curve in terms of like you know being in touch with their consumer base. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Say what you want about Nintendo; they're doing like great stuff with 
how they monetize their games. Oh, and, yeah. Cardboard. And, and like, you know, they, they put out quality. Like, all the Nintendo games, like, a Nintendo-specific brand, like, developed games have been good, if not great. Mm -hmm. you know? they, yeah, they've... Uh, Nintendo has done its share of dirt in the past. I mean, in terms of like playing YouTube hardball monetization. and uh, amiibo, and yeah, like, totally. they have their faults. They still need to fix their whole yes. online system. But they yeah. put out polished. But games. yes, but I do. Yes, they are. Them for that. They are old school in that. Like, if you if if they put a game out, it's you know it's going to be of a certain. You can expect a certain level of quality, yeah. which I wish everyone would do. And I think stuff like this is hopefully, yeah, other developers will take note of this. And the response of, like, this was bad news. They this, had to announce. Well, it, it helped this, that they had some good news come out where they said, like, we're moving this to Retro Studios, the yep. developers that made the last Prime games. Yep. Like, so that helps, I think, generate a little bit of hype. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't just, like, you know, here's the bad news. Sorry. It was, here's the bad news. Here's exactly what we're doing now. But can you imagine if, like, they just hadn't said anything and the next two years go by with yeah. E3 and just... Would then they would, square, the they would be square. They would be Square Enix. <laughs> do you think that? Do you think that this is not now not going to be a Switch title? If it, I mean, this was announced what two mm. years ago? Yes. Or, uh, Switch E3, came out two years ago. E3 2017. And you know, it, who knows how long it takes to develop Metroid Prime? But a lot of games take like three to four to oh, sometimes yeah. five plus years. Yeah. I, I, I don't think, know how long the life cycle of the. Switch oh, you is mean will be. the Switch be gone? By yeah. Then? Do you think this will be a launch title on whatever the? Nah, Nintendo's going to stick with. Switch, or at least some variation of that. Right. Or they could do like what they do they in Breath no of the Wild and have it on the Switch and the Super Switch. Yeah, I think yeah. because it's Retro Studios and they have some experience with the developing these kind of games, I think it'll still come out on the Switch. I hope the Switch is called the Super Switch when yes. a new one comes out. Be <laughs> There's two things that come to my mind with this story. First one being, what was that game that got canceled? What was it about it yeah. that... I'm Nintendo's like, no, scrap the whole thing. I thought I remembered reading somewhere that the game was being developed in like multiple studios across the world. So there was a lot of like communication Ooh, issues okay. and like a lot of like, you know, just people trying to figure out like, I, we need to communicate with this studio, but this studio is doing this, but this studio said they were doing this and they're not doing this. And so there's a lot of cross communication issues uh, that kind of led it to, hey, we should just shuffle this over to retro. Yeah, actually, who was the studio mainly in charge? Did they ever say? I don't. I don't think they ever I, said. Because I, be I think it was Japanese, but I, I think the, the developer. But I think they they were th that felt always fuzzy, like that they didn't yeah. really. Uh, but clearly, whatever it was, wasn't up to par, and they went to retro and and said, "Help us, please." <laughs> the other thing I think of is. I wonder how retro at large feels about this whole thing because yeah. they they did three Metroid Prime games, then they did two Donkey Kong games, and then they were working on something yes, unrelated we, to we those things. Know. Which, yeah. from a creative standpoint, I have to think that they had to be you know excited to work on something completely new, and now they're having to go back to their old thing again. I wonder if it's more excitement over there that what are their feelings yeah i know they're they're pretty tight-lipped about everything they work i would about. assume they're very tight-lipped it, yeah. it's it's impossible it's Fort Knox. To like they're they're just up the road yeah uh <laughs> and we don't even get to i would imagine nintendo came to them with a bunch of money and <laughs> here yeah, you go i wonder if they're big yeah. enough to be able to be working on two separate games at once i mean they are know. four years into this other supposed game that they're working on which like there was that rumor that it was a Star Fox racing game or something like that which, All right. <laughs> they may. They, that's, that's what I heard. I don't know how much that rumor is based in reality. But. I, I am glad because they have a 
great reputation for just yes. quality, like quality stuff. They're like the new age rareware. Yeah, that, that's, that's kind good, of how I look at good, them. I, I I wish they were allowed to work on their own original IP though, because right. like that was one thing that I loved about old school rare was their their original stuff was fantastic. Yep. Banjo Kazooie, yep. one of my favorite yep. things ever. Look, Nintendo, if you really want to make this up to us, just release uh, Animal Crossing next week. I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll be good. I'll forget if, about if, all this Metroid Prime 4 stuff. Exactly. I wish that. I cared about Animal Crossing. <laughs> get you. you're, you're finishing Resident Evil 2, Animal Crossing's next. It's not Kingdom Hearts 3. You can jump in at any right. point. The story is not hard. It's not complicated. The story is not there. That's even. right. Um, all right. Well, I believe that does it for this episode of Glitch Please. And also, that does it for Glitch Please. We are, this is our last episode. So, uh, thank you very much for watching. Uh, I've really enjoyed hosting. I know I kind of came in abruptly uh, in October. It's a bit of a surprise, but uh, it's been so much fun. And thanks to you guys, too, for being on Happy the to panel be Happy and to be. answering my Slack when I <laughs> messaged y'all and asked if you would be on it. Uh, it's been so much fun. It's been fun just coming in every week and talking about video games. Yeah, so... I think we have a little reel here of all the best moments from Glitch Please. There it is. There aren't any. That's the uh, joke. Uh, Brutal. That's why this is the last uh, one. Uh, <laughs> um, but I'm still going to be on the no, so I'll be over there. We're still... Uh, no, none of us are going anywhere. I exist. Yeah, we still exist. Yeah. So you can uh, be happy with that. But... We still have a little bit more. We got New Game Plus, so stick around for that. If you're a first subscriber, you get to see us for just a little bit more before we go away forever. So stick around for that, <laughs> and we'll see you later. Bye, everybody. <laughs>